0: Welcome to the Real Turf Techs Podcast, for the technician that wants to get real. Follow along as we talk to industry professionals and address hot topics that we all face. Along the way, we'll learn tips and tricks. I'm your host, Trent Manning. Let's have some fun. Welcome to the Real Turf Techs Podcast, episode 35. Today, we're talking to David Curie. He's the equipment manager at Bayview Golf and Country Club in Thornhill, Ontario. Bayview is an 18-hole private club that operates year-round, including curling, dome tennis courts for indoor play, and an indoor golf simulator. David is the sole technician in his shop and has been at Bayview for 19 years. David has 90% Toro equipment cutting grass with a smattering of other manufacturers to fill in his fleet let's talk to david welcome david to the real turf Text podcast how are you doing today excellent
1: track thanks for having me on how about yourself today
0: oh doing great thank you so much for coming on Good.
1: excited
0: we'll get right to it how'd you All get right. into the turf industry
1: well Trent's, it's a bit of a convoluted kind of uh Explanation, but I'll I'll try to keep it as simple as possible. I I kind of grew up going summer vacations at a family uh, friends nine hole executive course. I saw so I'd summer there for a couple of weeks, which is fun because you know go out at night help move roller sprinklers and do all that kind of old school kind of mm-hmm. greenkeeping, and uh, so I kind of got in it there. And then you know time goes on. That's when I'm a kid, right? long story short uh, or shorter, I, I was, I worked for the railway, CP rail. Okay. Uh, this still now I'm in my twenties and uh, I was on a long-term layoff, a good friend of mine. and I, I, I'm just not somebody to sit idle like that. I couldn't handle it. I was probably about three months into my layoff. It was driving me crazy. So I'm a really good friend of mine that knows me well that we grew up, you know, dirt biking and ripping things apart. And we were in we used to put together uh, demolished derby cars and stuff okay. like that. Yeah. To county fairs. And so he said, I just got an information. I just saw in the, in a newsletter because he was an alumni of this local college, Daryl college. They're having a pre-apprenticeship turf mechanics program. It's put on by unemployment or it doesn't matter if you're, I was unemployed, but I was still getting uh company pay at the time, but it didn't, it didn't matter. So I, uh, I said, "This is great." I, they actually interviewed you, and to eliminate the you know unwanted candidates, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I got into that, and and just kind of took off from there. I uh, got along real well with one of the profs, and they worked it so you would work. You're in class during the winter, and then when the summer came up, they would give you time off to go to get try to get a job in the industry. If it's at a small engine shop, or 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 a a golf course. Yeah. And uh, I, I asked him, I said, do you know anybody that's looking for an assistant? And he didn't hesitate. He put me on to this guy that was looking for an assistant at a, at a private golf course in Thornhill, Ontario. And I went for an interview. and We struck it off really well. He had a couple other guys he interviewed at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and it, it, it kind of went from there. I, I got uh, a chance to a working interview day with him. And he put me through a couple different scenarios, troubleshooting and things like that. And I got the job and it, it was, it went from there. I did a four year apprenticeship with them.
0: Could I, I stop you right there and For sure. tell us how that worked on your day interview. Cause I think that's something that's, that's definitely interesting to me. Hopefully it's interesting to the listeners and I know how hard it is to just do a normal interview and judge a candidate and try to figure out if they got it or not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was kind of, it's a lot of a blurks. So over 20 plus years ago.
0: Right, right. But well, I understand, but <laughs> you still probably remember the gist of it.
1: I do actually, cause I'm in the process of trying to get an assistant in. So I was trying to rehash those areas as well. So it carry kind he of, just, he gave me a, the first task he gave me was change some tires. He gave me a couple of tires and the tire machine showed me how to use it. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. I rambled through a bit of that. And then later in the day, he wanted to do some troubleshooting. So he set up an old one Yamaha golf cart and he sabotaged it in a few areas. And he okay. gave, me, gave me a multimeter and said, okay, find out why this thing isn't running. And mm-hmm. right now the, the pedal, the key is on, the pedal is there. He to find out why it isn't running. So just to try to deduce, you know antagonize your your soft process and the troubleshooting. And the way it turned out it was it was basically he said just to keep it the kiss kiss method, keep it mm-hmm. simple. Right, right. You know? And what he had done was he put some electrical tape inside the terminal on the negative post.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and I had to go through the fact that, you know, how come I'm not getting powered here or there. Uh-huh. Everything else, and then I said, "Well, then let's check out the connections, kind of thing." And that's what he was trying to force you into. Is yeah. that I didn't find it with the multimeter, but I found out I wasn't getting power to switch. You know those kind of processes. Right. Now find out why, and and that's what it was. He sabotaged the uh, the negative post on the terminal of the battery, and pull it off, and he's got this big glob of tape. Yeah, it, yeah. It wasn't obvious at first because he hit it pretty well, but I mean, again, it forced you into that that analytical kind of thought process gotcha. process, you know, the process of elimination. And then we also touched on a bit of real stuff because in the in the short course that we did, there was some real technology and some hydraulics and stuff like that. But nothing too serious. And that was basically basically it for the first day. That kind of the day day job interview. Right,
0: right. No, that's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you. you can no, get back no, to your I, story. No, that's, that's but, excellent. That, no. that was definitely interesting and something I'm going to consider in the future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the, the kind of thought that I had too. I haven't had to apply it yet. Cause I haven't had an, an apprentice. I've had to interview everybody. Mm-hmm. I've had, I've had some help in the shop in the past and it was all just basically guys that went on the crew. So I've never really had to put them through an interview process. It was just right, right. Shop, help me out, but now, now going forward work were, we're looking to get an assistant in the shop with me. So I had, I was those little tricks that I was trying to think conjure up that. Oh yeah. I got to try with the guy that I'm going to be
0: hired. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was it. it, it kind of the rest is history. I worked with him for, our, I got the job at Thornhill country club. The gentleman's name is Mark Atkins and he's, and he's one of these guys that he's an ambassador of our, our, our industry. And I'd lo- I wish he was on a lot more social platforms like Twitter, and things like that. This guy's incredible. He uh, basically set me up to, I think there's there's got to be at least five of us that are in the industry still that he's had over the last 20 years.
0: Oh, wow. Awesome.
1: Um, yeah. A couple of them are, are in our chat. One is Chad and another one is Chris. Anyway, long story short, just in the general Toronto area, there's probably four or five different, four different techs. That have come out of his apprenticeship program.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. It's been really good. So we're going to, to have him on. Yeah. Well, uh, if you remember, I, I asked you to add somebody recently and I gave you his number, but he didn't have the app, the WhatsApp okay. program. Yeah. This is him. That's, that's him. He has to take the time to download, download the WhatsApp okay. to get onto you that gotcha. format. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So anyway, he's, uh, he's awesome. But yeah. So I did four years of apprenticeship with him. Did a second like a a kind of startup program where it was like a 60 sixty forty split forty percent in the morning out on the course you know mm-hmm. doing general things like learning how his big proponent of get out on the equipment learn how it runs because you're in the future will know how to diagnose stuff better if you know how it runs and how right, things right. are things are supposed to sound mm-hmm. so I did that for the first two years. And then as the, I got into my last two years with more, I was getting more time in the shop and less time I'm out on the course because I was proving myself that I wanted to, you know, to do it and I was learning. So they were willing to put that time into me. So it was good. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Walk us through your daily shop routine.
1: Oh goodness. You know, I, 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 the fear of, uh, sounding redundant uh, as far as the way a lot of other guys have said, their dates go out. But it's it, it still, it's, it's get in there in the morning. You know, you take the time, I'm about a 20 minute commute to work. Mm-hmm. So when you're kind of thinking of how I'm going to spend my day and, you know, some PM work, I've got some stuff up that that's come up that I you know I've got to get at the hours are up, but then you get into the shop and it's jump on the cart and go for a drive, especially on a all day. Yeah. Get out on the course and see how things are cutting hopefully catch something if you can see anything. And then it's parlay that back into going to the shop and try to bring in that P up stuff and deal with the daily incidentals. So your daily plant just gets shot all that, you know, right, what. Right. and, uh, yeah, just kind of just go with the punches, try to just deal with the fires as they come And you get a second to breathe and go, okay, where was I?
0: Right. Right. <laughs> yep, <and laughs> oh, yeah. But then, then, then you got more fires coming.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's that's the problem with wearing so many hats. It's just you get a, you get pulled so many different directions. Sometimes. Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Do you really?
1: I no, I don't. I shouldn't say that I don't. I used to. I don't have equipment too. Really, years ago I had a couple of big John DR three reels. I can't remember the model numbers because numbers like that to me just don't stick in my head. But it was a three reel, and we used it for our uh, for intermediate first cut. So it was mm-hmm. a big, big eight inch reel, I believe. And the uh, land width was so huge. So. 2653. That's probably it. That's yeah, my it. guess. It's, yeah, there you go. And so every winter, there's a local college that had fully, an old, old Foley relief grinder. I'd go in and just grind it off and just try to renew some material, you know, all the the basics. I wasn't. I don't backlap, so it wasn't for facilitate backlapping. It was just basically to help help that big land with, make sure it's not such a big beefy thing when it's out there. Right, make right. it easy. Make it easier to sharpen.
0: Have you ever backlapped in your career?
1: As far as my own equipment, I have it Twenty plus years, I've I've never backlapped anything because I've always had Bernard's and predominantly Toro equipment throughout my career. And if if it needs to be sharpened, I put the time in and, and sharpen it. Not saying that backlapping isn't important or validate the fact that it is, it is. But a lot of the time, if I'm in a situation where I think something needs to be backlapped, especially like my fairway units, where it's the Edge Max blade or bed knives mm-hmm. and the Edge Series reels, I'll go in and, and do a quality cut check quite regularly on my fairway units and then. If they're not cutting up the stuff, I'll give it a quick face grind and just bring that, you know, front edge of the face up, bed knife up, back to, uh, you know, good quality. And usually it's enough to get me by it so I can uh, bust them apart one by one. Because I've got four 30, spare units. So if I have one out on a low day, they only have three to use. It's not a big deal. I can bust it apart, break it down by that. But yeah, so that's get back to your question about backlapping. i i don't i've never really done it uh, on a regular basis the only thing i've ever really backlapped is side jobs you know people with yeah. their little a little right, push right. a lot more and things uh-huh. like that and uh, that's the only thing i've ever really backlapped to any to any degree
0: well, i was <laughs> just curious as long as you've been in the industry not that you're that old you look uh-huh. younger than me but i've been i've been around for uh, quite some time too yeah. And I mean, when I was coming up, that's all we done was backlap. But we didn't have a bed knife grinder at all. We had a real grinder, yeah. And we done a lot of backlapping.
1: I understand it has its place, right? And 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 I get it where you've got fairway units, and if you don't have the time or a hoist to get them in, you just put them in backlap mode and go out and and, and keep things as true and and uh, sharp as you can. It has There's its place. It sure does.
0: Something. You've fabricated lately.
1: You know what? I being on my old. A lot of the time, winter time is maybe some time. Like I fabricated utility trailers, right? So mm-hmm. for a push for, and you know, you see it on Twitter all the time. Guys upgrading stuff. I I fabricated a bench grinder stand. I used old reels as the feet, and you know, and, and made a bench grinder out of stand. Oh, some uh, like. Backpack blower holders for the utility for the carts. Okay. Yep. I don't know about you, but I know it's going forward in the in your questions. But one of my pet peeves is going out on the course and seeing a backpack blower lying on its belly with the hose up in the air.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yep. And they're
1: and then they're bringing it to you five minutes later, wondering why it won't start. Oh gosh, mm-hmm. I hate that. I hate that. Well, so what
0: about setting the backpack blower in the seat of the golf cart?
1: Yeah, then you're repairing seat cars. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, yep, There's definitely a telltale sign that hole in the back of the seat. So I oh, know yeah. exactly what happened here.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or they're they're doing a uh, tees and ties, if you will, and that's what we do is T's and ties is doing the curbing around all the tees, mm-hmm. and, and you're blowing the curbing out. So we a brand new fleet of club cars, and the guy thought he was getting sparked lower the passenger seat, hold the, the wand out the back side and drive yeah. along the car path. And then look, what's that rubber spell? <laughs> oh my God.
0: Sometimes yeah. these uh, people are smarter than uh, they need to be. Yeah,
1: hundred percent, hundred percent, yeah. What's
0: your, what's your favorite tool and why?
1: You know what? I have a lot of Toro guys will tell you it's my 5'8 wrench. I had one. And unfortunately, you know when you're looking for something and you can never find it, but then when you stop looking for it, it shows up. Oh yeah. Well, I lost a 58 wrench, and it came back to me about two months later, and it had the box end of it, bladed off because of a rotary mower, and it was oh, wow. in a in a very good horseshoe shape. Mm-hmm. That that tool was like the best real adjustment tool ever because you could get it in and you could use it as a as a to the Toro reels and use it with some torque on it, you know, laterally mm-hmm. and, or you can wiggle it in from the side of the motor and get it on the adjustment nut. And then unfortunately, I think I left it on a reel and it went back out to the call first. That's <laughs> come back. So, but outside of that, like favorite tool, again, I would say our, our computers, like our laptops and our, and our phones, like the way things are going now, it's QR, oh, it's it, and everything else, how fast you can pull up a parts breakdown or, you know, yeah. order a part like, it's it's unbelievable. I think that the not underrated but just underutilized maybe, guys that are you know not using their phones and, and tablets and things out on the force or in the shop. Mm-hmm. But uh, another favorite tool is not shop related. Is I saw this conversation on Twitter the other day and it it hit a nerve because. I think it's 100 percent accurate, and one of the best tools is the Toro uh, 648. Not to be brand specific, but the Toro 648 airifier. I think it's one of the best innovations in, in airification. I don't
0: think. I don't think anybody would argue with you. Yeah, hands, da- hands down.
1: Hands down, just the, the
0: 648 is a heck of a machine.
1: That's unbelievable. Just the question, like the quality of work it does, what it does every day. I've got two of them that are. One's the uh, an old four, and the other one's an old thirteen, and for what they do every day when they're working, mm-hmm. I, they're never they're equally not in the shop as well. Like they're right, so right. so hardy. So I would put that on one of my favorite favorite tools as well. Even though mm-hmm. it's creating it's creating work for us because what comes next, Jesus oh yeah, saying, for, hey, sure. Right? <laughs> for sure, for <laughs> sure. But but for as far as the tool all around, that's one of the best pieces of equipment out there. It, like innovations in the last, you know, 20 something years.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. waiting to see what, what we're going to start mowing grass with next. Yeah. I mean, you know, the reels only been around for a hundred yeah. years or a hundred years. So.
1: yeah, you know what that, that funny, that's a funny topic. That brings me back to this guy that I was in pre-apprenticeship school with, and he was a Russian and he was thinking out of the box and he brought up to the prof one day, he says, why couldn't we just cut grass with lasers? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the yeah, stop yeah. process, right? Have some yeah. little low average, low e laser or, and put it into an SEP. wow. That's, that's pretty innovative thought process right there.
0: I wonder would it cauterize the cut and leave yeah. the plant less acceptable to disease and that kind of stuff.
1: Sure. You don't, you don't have any pinching tearing or, you know, or a bad reel that, you know, off one of your heads should be pretty consistent.
0: Yeah. Yep, for sure.
1: Considering, I don't know the number, but I'm sure it's a high percentage of water content that's in those plant lakes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how the laser's going to react to that. Yeah, it should be kind
0: of neat. Who knows what we'll be working on in 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. I'm retiring here in about 30 years, maybe. Oh,
1: 30? Oh, that's a good process.
0: What do you like best about your job?
1: I think it's the variety. Like I again I everybody seems it seems out. Everybody in the industry on the EM side or even on the turf side. as says just a variety. The day it's it's never the same. I mm-hmm. like that. Coming to work every day and then if you have a bad minute, something's going on and you know, you feel like blowing up, you jump on your cart and you're out on the course. It kind of thinks you feel your blood pressure come down a little bit. Yep, yep. <laughs> you know. I think that's that's the major part is that it's not that I've got friends I've got a I grew up with people that were in the automotive industry for GM. There's a town nearby, it's big Joshua. It was mm-hmm. a big GM GM plant. It's that redundancy of every day regretting going to work, you know, the same thing over and over, not seeing the sun or anything. I have a lot of friends that are, are very happy because I'd say I love my job and that's and a lot of people could say they love their job. You know, oh yeah it,
0: for sure it, yeah
1: it's not a it's not a problem for me to get up in the morning go to work because it's of the environment the culture that we work in and yeah it's awesome i think it's just a variety it's nothing the same and you know it could be but as we were talking about earlier you're putting out those fires once in a while and those are the things that keep you keep you sharp keep yeah, you yeah, on your toes for sure. mm-hmm. you know yeah
0: that's yeah, awesome and, stuff i mean not that um encouraging failures or breakdowns but you know i I get excited when i say "Ooh, this is gonna be a good electrical problem i get to do some troubleshooting on this you know yeah. just because you know your your tire changes or your oil changes and all that stuff you've done one you've done them all yeah so the yeah. troubleshooting aspect and trying to solve problems that's what we do
1: absolutely that that kind of brings me to a tweet i shot that was the other day where it, it's the idea it, Sometimes your initial reaction is to get in deep into stuff. I had a no start on a thirty-five hundred sidewinder, but as you get experience, you know that the way to eliminate kind of certain things that could be wrong is by what it's doing. You turn the key switch on those. and if your seat switches are good, and your and your your seat switch and your neutral switch are good, you know that fuel pump's going to come on because you can hear click it clicking right away. Mm-hmm. So okay, I know all my all my safety switches are good. But then you don't hear that click for the relay when you turn that key. And that takes you a different direction. So I got into like, oh, maybe it's the relay, maybe this, maybe that. But I went back to fuse for the start for the key switch checked it. Oh, no, it looks good. Put it back in and started getting into things. Mm-hmm. And then my I head scratcher. And I was like, what the heck's going on here? So let me double back to this. Fuse. And I took the fuse out and it did it and it's one of those once it does have the big beefy uh, blade in between the two posts, it's like a little wire. Mm-hmm. And I look at it again and I'm like, I think this is burnt out. So put the meter on it, do a continuity check check, and sure up. It looks great. It, you put it up to the sun or whatever, and it looks yeah. great. You look through it. And I'm like, God dang it, I just messed an hour up here and it's the dark fuse. Mm-hmm. Right throw that 10 amp fuse at it and away she goes but the fuse went low because it was amping up because the terminal was a little loose so it was okay. yeah. that's when they're trying to start it the it amped up a bit because the terminal was a little loose on the battery which blew the fuse but i didn't realize that till after i found the fuse i'm like oh what, what made the fuse pop right and that's they left the uh lights on on the thing overnight and it was a little loose, but anyway. Long story short, that was the keep it simple, it'll you know, kind of process. Right, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I don't. I think we all eat some humble pie from time to time on I, stuff like 100%. that, and yeah, you you kick yourself, beat yourself up, but yeah, we probably should take it a little bit easier on ourselves because the job so. we do is not not the easiest job in the world, but no. it's definitely fun and rewarding. That's why we're doing it.
1: Absolutely, it's. It's one of those kind of industries where you have that there is no there's instant gratification to when mm-hmm. you're doing your right because you go out to that the, the property and you can see right away everything that we do is relative to what's going on at the course. and if we're not doing our job right, they're spending more money on chemicals, the course doesn't look good aesthetically. Mm-hmm. you know and it that's part of it that I really enjoy because i I grew up being a golfer around it. And I love the aesthetics part of it as well. And you directly can see what we do. and If we're doing it right, it, it looks sharp out there. Mm-hmm. Things are playing well, roll it through. And I love it.
0: Yep. Yeah. What is the strangest thing you've seen at work?
1: Well, <laughs> let me tell you the strangest thing. I've had a couple. What I'll, I'll take a piece of that apple pie you were talking about. And I was in my second Second year of my apprenticeship, Thornail Country Club with Mark. And we had a John Deere tractor with this new airifier on the back as a demo. Mm-hmm. Uh, distributors dropped it off to us and uh, said, here you go. Here's a couple of days. You guys can do what you want with it. So it was my job at the end of the day to rally up the stragglers, put them in the barn. Well, this tractor and this airifier were there and this is back in the Early 90s. So, Hydrostat tractors were just kind of starting to come out, right? Mm-hmm. I'm an old farm boy. I like stick shifts, clutches, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Right, right. <laughs> so, I got on this thing, and I guess I, sh- I should have asked a few more questions, but I pulled it around to the bar that where it's supposed to go in the bar, and the guys had already shut the door, pull, roll roll down door. So, I jump off of it, and I consciously can't remember if I ever set a parking brake in it, thinking, if I just put it here, shut it off. Here's gonna hold it in place like an old tractor. It's a mm-hmm. pretty good parking brake, right? Yeah, yeah. I just shut it off and walked around to the back of the bar and opened up the rolling door. Well, the next sound was thud, my jaw hitting the ground because the tractor wasn't there. I'm like, oh, "Okay, well. God, <laughs> I'm okay, guys. <laughs> What's going on?" Well, I had it pointing in a direction that was a downhill grade and a, a hill that dropped a good. Hundred
0: and fifty feet. Oh wow. Uh, I
1: walk I go I walk out there and I look down the hill and it's tree covered. And sure enough, there's this tractor about thirty yards down down the hill. The only reason it didn't go completely to the bottom was because it pinned up against a tree. Uh Uh Yeah. That was I walked back to the shop at that point. I'll admit it, I was crying, freaking out, telling Mm -hmm. my boss, like Keith Bartlett was the superintendent there at the time. And uh, he's kind of firing me, what's going on? He's trying to calm down, calm down, what's going on? Well, I explained the story to him and his jaw hit the ground as well. And then it was, you know, program uh, recovery, you know, put into action after that. But that was a scary day. The boss came to me afterwards. He was pretty shattered, but he says, I'm going to talk to you later. I I can't talk right now but yeah, i'll come yeah. back to it <laughs> like i said i was ready to pack up the little tools i had at the time and walk down the road
0: yeah
1: it gave me the benefit of the doubt I said no no you're okay that you know as they say it happens you know mm-hmm. accidents happen yep. and you were cheerful about it and, and it didn't know any different so that was uh that was a big one i tell that story all the time to guys especially to the hires and stuff i mean it happens my first job outside of uh, work for Mark it was kind of pushed me out of the nest type thing I went work for this company it's they're a big conglomerate of courses up here called Club Lake and it was my first DM's job and I went in there and they had these old Toro sand pros didn't have a parking brake. didn't have Mm -hmm. anything the only way you get this thing to stop is to put the rake down yeah so I get the call this is like my third weekend to the end of the summer and we can't, something's happened to the sand pro and that's all I got. And it's at the 18th green. Well, the 18th green, there's a big pod right beside it, right mm-hmm. near a, a sand trap. And it has a little holder at the back for the, for the uh, trap rake. So like a handheld trap rake. Right. So it stands up pretty tall. I get there and I go, well, where's the sand pro? What's happening? Points to the pond. It's all I could see is the rakes sitting rake, up there, yep. bubbles coming out. And I'm like, oh gosh, was it Rudd? I can't remember. He says, I'm like, well, I guess it doesn't matter now. And that was his initiation into the crew that, because this guy was new too. And he stripped down to his knickers, went in and said, see this hook? If you can find it, hook it onto something. Mm-hmm. But that was, that was a big day. Cause that was, you know, then it was a brand new machine. And oh boy, little things happened. Stranger things that happen, but sometimes you just take it for granted. Got of go on with your day.
0: I think you <laughs> made an important point though. If you're honest with your employer and tell them yeah. what happened, usually they're pretty understanding. As far as I know, as long as I've been doing this, we've never fired an employee for damaging a piece of equipment, even though we may have, sh- may should have sometimes, yeah. but, but we haven't. 100%. Yeah.
1: We haven't either as far as I can remember, unless it's a repeat offender with one person, you know, misusing something costly constantly at the same part of the golf course. Like, how do you not know that raised mantle cover was there? You've hit it five times the last yeah, yeah, three yeah. seasons. Right. Come yeah. on, man. Yep. Yeah, no, we haven't.
0: I will tell you a, a quick story I heard at another course and I don't, I don't know what this person's problem was. But they were training him on mowing greens and they're using, I think, John Deere fixed head mowers and they had the transport tires. So they told him, you got to take the tires off, to mow the green. And he would leave the tires on, mow the green. And so they kept having these issues with him and they finally tell him, this is your last chance. All right. You got to take the tires off before you mow the green. So they check up on him later and I can't keep a straight face because he has taken off one tire and left one tire on. Oh, wow. How do you do that? <laughs> I don't, I mean, it just blows my mind. Oh, how anyone well, could do that. He well,
1: proceeded to try to cut the green like that.
0: Yeah. So he was mowing the green with one tire on and one tire off. Oh, good so says, All right, buddy. You're, you're done. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes, That ain't going to work. Defeating a lot of purposes right there.
0: Yes. Goodness. What would be your dream job or opportunity?
1: You know what? I, again, I kind of, I think I'm kind of in my dream job. I've been there, well, this is my 19th season. The only way I think I could get into a dream job would definitely be in this industry, but maybe at a, at a club where you're the head tech somewhere and you got A few guys working for me, Mm -hmm. you know, transitioning maybe into that retirement stage where you're not turning a wrench every day or get dirty up, dirt on your nails. I think that might be a dream job transition outside of what we're already just to have that control. And and again, giving the opportunity to other guys to flourish, and come up in the industry and like an apprenticeship kind of program. Mm -hmm. I think there isn't too many of those kind of setups here in, in Canada. Where you've got one EM right, and uh, and a couple of more than one or two guys working with them on a full time basis. Mm-hmm. So I, if I could find that, I would. I think I would definitely throw my hat into the ring or something like that. Just just to get into that part of the business and kind of push back, and make sure you know the shelves are stocked and guides are, you know, doing their job and helping out, troubleshooting and that kind of stuff.
0: Right. I got you. Yeah. yeah. What do you know now that you wish you known on day one?
1: I think it, I think it's more, of, don't be so hard on yourself. You know, there's always tomorrow you're, you're paid on an eight hour, you know, spectrum as far as a day's concerned, because mm-hmm. more salary, don't burn yourself out so much, you know, I know when you're younger and you're in the business and you got lots of you know, energy and bigger. You're putting your time in, and sometimes it's you gotta be able to say, you know what, this will be here tomorrow. Just give yourself that time. Cause it's, I, I guess what I'm, in a roundabout way, what I'm trying to say is a work-life balance is be more proficient being having a work-life balance when you're younger too, because it's uh, if, if what problem arises, you know, if it doesn't need to be done right away, just just give yourself the time and get come back to it tomorrow, kind of thing. Right. There's, always, there's always tomorrow. I think that's the biggest thing, because when I was younger, I was doing 12, 13-hour days. The first couple of places I went to when I was in my, early in my career, a lot of the stuff was really disheveled, and I had to put a lot of time in to get it up to specs to what I led, believed mm-hmm. need, to, need to happen, right? But again, you're young, and you can kind of handle it, but at the same time, I was not going, you know, meeting my friends for a baseball game on a Friday night, because I was, you know, re reeling stuff, or, putting, you know, mm-hmm. just... Gamut of things, right? It's that work-life balance, I think. Be more proactive than having a good work-life balance.
0: No, I think it's a really, really good one and something that especially younger people do not think about.
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: Living in the moment.
1: Yeah, you're living in the moment and you tend to get lost. And I talked about this in our WhatsApp group. And it's also mindfulness, you know, just being, if you're having trouble with something, don't hesitate to call somebody. Oh yeah, you know, pick up the phone because we've got an incredible community of people. You know, we can reach out on Twitter or WhatsApp, or just even your own mental mindfulness. If you're struggling with stuff, be open with your boss. Be mm-hmm. open with the people around you, and maybe they'd be able to help you give it, give you that support that you need. Or that, like, I'm not one that needs a pat on the back to let me know I'm doing a good job. There is people like that, but yeah. I. It, it sometimes you just gotta pull back and, and say, you know what, I. I'm in the middle of something. I'm kind of struggle with it, and more times than more times than not, th- they'll be understanding or say kind of relate a story to you, kind of yeah, help yeah, you yeah. feel better yourself about things. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. because that's that it almost years gone by is you know mental mind- mindfulness and everything else. It was kind of taboo to talk about, and now I think it needs to be at the forefront and um, help guys out with the with stuff that they're going on, because there's out there, there's people out there that are going through the exact same things. You're not alone. Well, Oh yeah, I, for
0: sure. Yeah. And here at real turf, real turf Text we're going to be uh, addressing that. You probably seen it in the WhatsApp group, some stuff came up and we uh-huh. put together. It'll probably end up being about four episodes. Oh, and excellent. I, I hope to be releasing them very soon.
1: Oh, excellent. That's great.
0: Just got to get them edited up and shipped out the door.
1: That's what? gotta be that's gotta what? be quite the process for you. Like this, this again. Like I, I know some other guys have touched on it, but I'm gonna say it now. And if you use it, this is great. But I gotta really thank you for putting this kind of stuff out there. There's a lot of programs, and you know, guys are doing podcasts, but this is, uh, it's really great what you're doing and giving people a voice and allowed to communicate what their stories are. And, you know, hearing people's lives, realizing that we're we're all kind of cut from the same cloth. I think. That's why we're in the business and we're doing what we're doing. I appreciate, appreciate the time that you're putting into this.
0: Well, thank you. And I appreciate Uh that. And Uh I think when I was traveling around working with the Toro distributor and just, you know, this was kind of my thing. And even when I started the podcast, I don't, I hadn't put the two and two together. Uh But when you would go to a new shop and meet a new equipment manager technician or Mechanic yep. or whatever you want to call yourself, I would, you know, how'd you get started? You know, uh-huh. you just shoot shooting the, the bull, if you will, back and forth, and yeah. it was really fun. You get to meet people, you get to know people better, you get to know what their strong points are.
1: Uh-huh. You
0: you know, you walk in their shop and you can see, well, this guy's super organized, yeah, or vice versa. Yeah, this place is a mess, you know, but whatever. And I mean, that's one thing. Another thing I'll, I'll have to say normally the people that had really messy shops were probably some of the smarter mechanics. Okay. And yeah. And you can take that for, for what it is, but. Well,
1: I I was about to say, I'm not going to call myself a smart mechanic, but my place is definitely organized chaos. Sure. Yeah. Like that's, I'm in awe of the Pattersons and the guy, like the Chads. And you see shots on Twitter of their, of their shops, how organized and they call it OCD and all this stuff. But mm-hmm. it's that to have that level. Yes. They've got people that work with them that help them out. But I just, if come in and, and you're into my shop and every get every, any given day, and it looks like Bob's gone off on my workbench because there's stuff everywhere. There's tools, yeah, yeah. And, you know, at my parts room is a mess. It's like, oh goodness, I really really gotta do something about this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You'll get there this winter. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that was always my thing. I'll I'll get to that this winter. Well, and yeah. then the winter never comes.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh.
0: Get ready for tips and tricks. What's some tips and tricks you've seen or you wanna share with us?
1: Well, you know what? There's there's a few of them. And and that's kind of the the thing. Like when you've been around, I guess as long, I've you know, I've, I've been in the business since the early nineties, but it take a lot of things for granted that you do on a daily basis and it just becomes second nature sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, at at, at nice events like the GCAA event, the GIS, I've had been the good fortune of going down to those a couple of times at the round table discussions mm-hmm. and you get talking about things and you know, you share your things that happen and you hear a couple of guys go, That's a Great idea. Never mm-hmm. thought of that. Uh, and it's just yeah. something you do inherently, right? One of them I really thought was a great tip. I saw on Twitter lately. And it's been something I've seen guys do is phone markers for, you know, when you're using I've seen guys tweet about it. They use shaming cream to mark their heads for verification. But this one is the phone marker that this one guy tweeted about is actually... You can use it in your, your marker paint dispenser gun, so it's inverted. Oh, okay. And it's it's oh gosh, I can't remember the name of it now. I wrote it down, but it's it's you can put it in your inverted in your inverted mark paint gun, and you can use it to mark your heads, your irrigation, or if you're doing a dry cut on uh, your greens, and you you know sometimes it's hard to see those lines. Yeah, and you yeah. Can, you you could can just come up out of the approach put a little. Like, they got the operator to hold on to it. You know, keeping his lap, or you can make up a little rig for it to hold it, and give it a little shot. And then when they turn around, they know general yeah, yeah, idea yeah. where where they huh. can line up. I thought it was great. I think that it's called sims Sorry, I'm going to butcher this Simplot. S I M P L O T, and that's the name of the company. I believe they're a turf and horticultural supply company. So they they supply aggregates and stuff like that. I believe. Yep. And they have this product, full marker product called slash B O P Lop. And you can get it in different colors. And it's I thought it was just ingenious because I've always thought, guys, you know, you have marker flags out there that when you're done your verification and everything else, you gotta go out and take the marker flags out. With this stuff, it's environmentally friendly, dissolves with water, it's good on grass and this I just thought it was great. It was a great tip. The guy yeah, I yeah. That
0: sounds like it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then there was another one I did years back when I got my six forty eight. Was I took a three eighths extension, ratchet extension, and welded a socket onto the opposite end of it, and I used that three a three eighths extension part because it's a powerful three eighths square for those mm-hmm. set screws on the uh, the uh, multi tight heads. Okay. So yep. Not using a 12-point socket or something like that, get that right on there. It's perfect. I, I tweeted about that a couple of years ago. I got a lot of guys saying, hey, that's a great idea. So I thought I'd bring that up. Again, I made up a couple of them. So the operator, they get a bent tying when they're out on the property. They don't have mm-hmm. to call me. I right, put it on a ratchet and then they can change the tight out themselves. What was the other one? Oh, yeah. Toro DPA heads. Or This could be any kind of head that doesn't have an eccentric for you to adjust to help with your parallel. I have Toro DPA heads, uh, my greens heads. And I don't have up to recently, well, I'm getting a new fleet, but up, up to recently, I, I have a Toro adds a part now, a part that you can put on to apply an eccentric to the back roller. So when you're paralleling your, your back roller to the reel, you can get everything nice and square. In the past, what I did was used uh, aluminum pop can as a little okay. ship yep, yep. as a little as a little shim in, in in the one side so when i've got everything on the parallel plate about a couple thousand seconds they want a little shim in between the the factory blocks that are on either end of the real ruler, and mm-hmm. just get, get me right on spec with that that's i would shared that with a couple guys it's uh good reviews because they never thought of anything it's basically a tolerance that they say should be there, but it's there because as soon as you, you know, you localize that reel on a, on a fixed head in that back roller, and you, you put a fueler back there. And to me, that bugs me. So that might be right. allowable tolerance. that Toro has in those six heads, mm-hmm. but I didn't like it. So that's, I came up with this idea with the, the aluminum in there, just cut it up into little pieces. put it in, And it's worked out really well.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. I wanted, yeah. I thought for some reason that Toro even made some shims. At one yeah. point and yeah. then I don't, you, good luck finding a part number.
1: Yeah. You can't find a part number. And then I also ha- heard Laura that those were actually contact ships for certain reels that they were selling, like as far as reel to bed, that contact. Okay. Yeah. I had heard that those, there's something floating around that guys are using, you know, that like to moderate kind of contact, a lot of Toro stuff. Uh, they're using the shim instead. Mm-hmm. Get to set up their uh, their bench set, but that could be maybe what they're for—is to put into the into the into the rollers. I'm right, not really sure. Right,
0: right, I got you. Pardon me. Oh no, you
1: are good? Okay. Yeah. The, it, what else? God, again, it's, it's there's so many things to kind of take advantage. But as far as tips and tricks, and that's pretty much it. I would say, if you're not already, get off social media platforms, like as you know, as well track that Twitter as is, is a gold mine for stuff like that. Oh yeah, for sure. Guys, guys, sharing stuff all the time and you know, you'll be able to apply it to your, to your facility. If it's something that just takes that one little less headache out of your, away from you, it's amazing.
0: Well, the other thing, if you already own social media, yeah. those things that you think is common knowledge, share them yeah. too, because they're right. probably not common knowledge. Yeah. And I mean, just like you're saying, we do so many <laughs> things that we don't even yeah. think about. Oh, I've been yes. doing that that way for 20 years. Uh, so you get a new guy in the shop or gal and they're watching yeah. you do something. You're like, where'd you come up with that? I've never seen that yeah. before. Well, I'm <laughs> doing this my whole life. I don't even know where yeah. I learned this.
1: I know, right?
0: Yep. So uh, yeah, definitely share those ideas.
1: Yeah. I do. that I, I'm, t- I'm a big proponent of that kind of stuff. It- And it's not self deprecating. Like every once in a while on a Friday, I'll do FYI Friday tweets, like for your information. And Mm -hmm. it's that kind of thing. It's just, I've come across something and this is my resolve to it. You know, maybe if you come across this and this helps you out, great. Because that's, uh, again, going back to that kind of stuff, is that we're all in this, this big, uh, this big game together. And if we can help each other out, little things like that, it's, I think it's, it's, it's gold.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. That's, that's yeah. why we're here and real turf Text is on the air. That's what we're doing, Got it. trying that's to help awesome. technicians.
1: Oh, um, and, and Ky- uh, Kylie's little trick about the, I know some other, somebody else commented about this their little super glue trick, the baking soda and all oh, that. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, Yep. yep, yep.
1: I was up at my brother-in-law's cottage. I don't know if you guys call cottages, camps, I don't know. Yep. yeah. <laughs> Uh, and we're cutting wood the other weekend to get ready for winter and he dropped his chainsaw and cracked the the oil reservoir. So oh, it's
0: okay. Yeah.
1: It's leaking as he's cutting it's leaking out at chain oil all mm. over the place, right? And I just said, I'm gonna try something And sure enough I went into the ca- cottage and rambling through the pantry and found some bak soda, you know, I found some some super glue. And I know there was one other component that she advised or suggested to use. I couldn't remember. But just out of that, it held up long enough for us to get our wood done. Oh, it was awesome. Unble- it was unbelievable. I cleaned it. I had, had carp cleaner there. I cleaned everything up, mm-hmm. sanded it a little bit, and got this thing up with this baking soda and uh glue glue compound. And it worked fantastic.
0: That's awesome. That's so but, good.
1: You know, <laughs> I, yeah. I would have never thought of that beforehand.
0: Yeah, that was the first time I heard it. And speaking of first time hearing stuff, I just heard today in the WhatsApp group about the fluid film. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Are you using that?
1: No, I don't, but I know there's a few guys that do. I think Kevin Henniger is one of the guys that does use it He uses it as a quite possibly like an anti-rust. On machines, when new stuff comes in, we're mm-hmm. going to our winter season before he stores it, he sprays it down. I think it was fluid. So I could be wrong, but I have heard that name before. And I was like, that's what that stuff is.
0: Yeah. I'd never a- even heard the name, but there were several guys in the group saying, oh yeah, I've been using that for years. And they were talking about, I think it was Jerry Knight asked the question about what you do for bed bars.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's what it was. That's right. Yeah. And then I think one gentleman piked up, and talked about fluid film. And then who was his Chad Bruner. Is that how you say his last Braun,
0: name? I believe. John, Braun.
1: Okay. Yeah. Excellent guy. Met him down at the GIS a couple mm-hmm. years ago. And uh, he mentioned about fluid film and then a bunch of other guys chimed in and said, yeah, David, that's great stuff. Right. And I, I, I get, it's not something I ever thought to change. I've always been, you know, an anti Seas guy, a little bit on the mm-hmm. threads and, and a little bit on the bar. Like, especially stuff that you're not breaking the knife off of a lot, like your yeah. fairway units, right, things right. like that. But for your high, high frequency rides, uh I'd always just put a little bit on, bin on um, the screws and things like that. Just basically kept it dry. But I think fluid film would be the right thing for
0: that. Yeah, I'm so definitely going to invest in some and try out. Uh, and like you're saying, especially on fairway yeah. mowers. I mean, We yeah. change grease uh knives so often, I don't think it matters what you put on there. No, 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 yeah, exactly. in the summertime, it's almost weekly. We're changing knives Ex- exactly, top dressing every week, and yeah, it's it's fun times,
1: absolutely. Love it.
0: Anything <laughs> else you want to share?
1: No, I, you know, what it's just again, I think, uh, kind of parlaying back to about what we like about our jobs. I think the big thing is to, uh, just creating a, a good culture within your team you know i i get looked at sometimes because i get zoned in on a job and i might have a resting face if you will mm-hmm. and some people yeah. are like are you are you mad i'm like yeah. oh man i'm just into something it's and they i guess some of the younger kids that intimidates them sometimes and they don't want to bring those little incidentals to you you know like mm-hmm. oh, the the line trimmer doesn't work or that kind of thing and you find it later but just creating a, creating a good culture within your crew and, and make sure everybody's having fun and keep those lines of communication open because it's going to make their job better. It's going to make it easier on you because they're going to copy you with stuff, you know, right, and, right. And, yep. and they're, they're going to tell you about those little incidentals instead of parking it if they know about it. Cause sometimes they park stuff or put it away. And don't realize, I think keeping those lines of communication open are, are good because yeah, like then they'll start like, I don't know about a lot of crews, but we just started employing WhatsApp uh, for for our crew.
0: Okay, so, uh,
1: like literally, I can count the number of days on my hand that I actually saw somebody with a radio on their head because mm-hmm. everybody's got phones, and it's an instant way of communicating to the crew. And I go over some of the banter between these guys, and it's unbelievable how efficient it's made them because it's like, oh, I forgot a blower. or I forgot a, 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 a rake. Could you so and so bring it Give to me? me it? Oh, it's, it's right there
0: yeah, and they're,
1: yeah. you know, and they're talking quick. And it's, it's, it's really, it's been an, a game changer, I think, as far as I was concerned, but yeah, I, and I, again, that goes back to culture too, just keeping it light, keeping it, you know, professional, make sure, you know, you can't be everybody's buddy, but, uh, they shouldn't be afraid to come and talk to you about something.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a culture that we're still in the process of changing. Uh-huh. And I think yeah. it's a really valuable change. And I know a lot of the older generation probably needs to work on that more than the younger generation, <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: but yeah. it all, it all depends on the person too.
1: Absolutely. hundred percent. And it's gotta be unanimous through the old group 'cause Cause if one guy is like not a do as I say, not as I do kind of person, it's kind of hard to perpetuate that kind of culture when they're not really the most easiest person to talk to, if you will, you know, yeah, yeah. or, or, yep. or, or always yelling or, you know, intimidate before you praise kind of person, mm-hmm. like, not, you know, there's especially, I can't categorize them as millennials, but there's a, you have to be a good judge of character. And I've always uh, been coined as having a good judge of character. You learn fast at the ones that can, you can put the work to, and they don't need the constant praise, but there's a lot of them and they're doing, you know, Probably manual label for the first time in their lives. Right, right. You got mm-hmm. you got to give them a pat on the back and say, "Thanks, man. I appreciate you. You know, thanks for doing what you're doing. I know it seems like a thankless job, but we appreciate it."
0: Right, like, and go, it has to it has to be done. Somebody's going to yeah. be doing it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, um, we just recently had an employee. He's been with us for a long time, and he was pretty mm-hmm. much our dedicated T and tie-in guy. And he was, he's an older gentleman, pretty grumpy all the time, not, not in the best of moods and we'd tried to work with him and work with him. So we had a janitor position come up and he was interested in this janitor position and we gave it to him and he is a totally different person. He's in a good mood. He's joking. He's cutting up. He does, I mean, he does an excellent job, the, the shop and the restrooms out on the course and all our facilities that he's in charge of keeping tidy is better than it's ever been. I mean, he's cleaning trash can lids. I see him cleaning the sink, you know, in the shop. And I don't, it's just, I mean, he's found his niche. Yeah. So that's if you're not excellent. happy, you know, doing yeah. what you're doing, find something else. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's so true. It's also giving them a sense of ownership over certain jobs too. Right. Yeah. It yeah just changes yeah. their whole life. Like this project or whatever it is, that's your baby. Mm-hmm. You, it, you know, it, it's only going to flourish if you do well. Right. So that's, that's, that's good. I've heard no, stories I mean, like it,
0: that. It's been, it's been awesome seeing, seeing that transition. And then I was thinking about it. If I had to mow teas every day yes. and get off, take off the tea markers, mow the tea, put the tea markers back, I'd yeah. probably be pretty grumpy too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then there's some guys that that's their dream job. You right. know, they're, yep. re- they're retired and they're loving it. They get to go, something like that. It's yep. a perk, you know, and, that, and they're mm-hmm. happy with it. But yeah, that's awesome. That's actually how I got uh, a one gentleman in the shop for a few years with me. He was, he was uh, an old retired millwright. So this guy could make uh, something appear out of nowhere with his machining skills and everything else. You know. Uh, anyway, long story short, he retired. Now he's, his name is Gartner. He's an Italian gentleman. So he was very meticulous. And he was working with the Horticultural Center club for a few years. And uh, that was starting to get troublesome on his knees, things like I was always standing and kneeling down at bed, garden beds and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was whisper of help. And so he, every once in a while, he'd say something. Oh, I at the end of the day, trying to collect things, sweeping the floor. It looks like you need somebody to help you out there with that kind of stuff. And it just kind of went over my bald head a few times, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I finally said, is are you serious about this? Do you want to come in and help me out? And it was glorious for about three years I had him in the shop with me and it was great. Mm-hmm. He was never happier. He was there before I was every day. And yeah. Just yeah. getting ready and he was smiling and loved it. Mm-hmm. He's always showing his gratitude because when he was doing even though he liked gardening and that kind of stuff, it just wasn't his thing. Yeah. It it's so true. It was just he was it was excellent having him while I did there. It was it was a different guy. <laughs> that
0: was awesome. Yeah, that's great. Tell the listeners how they can go.
1: Uh, I guess just to keep it simple, you can find me on uh, on Twitter. It's, you know, if you got a question or you want to reach out, get more personal information or email, you can call. just DM me on Twitter. And it's at DaveCurry44, so uppercase Day, David, D-A-V-I-D, uppercase C for Curry, C-U-R-R-I-E, 44. And uh, we'll... We'll get in touch to that.
0: All right. That sounds great. Thank you so much, David, for coming on. I really enjoyed this. It's been great.
1: Awesome. Thanks for having me, Trent. I appreciate it. Look forward to hearing some more stuff, too.
0: Hope you enjoyed hearing from David. I think he made an, an important point. There's always a morrow. Sometimes we don't have to put as much on our plate as we feel like we need to. Sometimes it can wait. And if it can, let it wait till tomorrow old guy told me one time, why do something today you can put off till tomorrow and I'm guilty, I don't always live by that motto, but something to think about the other thing I think is important for the EM to create a culture where the crew can report issues I think it's a big thing in our industry where a lot of the crew guys and gals might not want to report problems because they're afraid that they'll get in trouble or you know whatever might happen to them I think it helps to just make a good rapport with the crew. You know, talk about their personal lives, see what they're into. Kind of let you, let them know that you care about them. I think that goes a long way in the employees' eyes. And I think it makes it easier for them to come talk to you. Until next week, see you, bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Real Turf Techs Podcast. I hope you learned something today. Don't forget to subscribe. If you have any topics you would like to discuss or you'd like to be a guest, find us on Twitter at RealTurfText. See you, bye.